matter what hour your clock strikes here, it's always Halloween, and I'm always your haunted host, Luce Tomlin Brenner. Welcome to Small Frights Friday. I hope every bunny out there is doing pretty good. Ah, don't worry. Easter is over, at least on this podcast. We are back to Halloween. I hope you enjoyed my little prank last week. As usual, when I joke, I take it very seriously. So all the research done on last week's April Fool's episode of It's Always Easter was real. I didn't make it up. I did the research and I actually learned a lot from it. So I hope you guys got some interesting takeaways as well. I think it really underscores the importance of digging into our traditions and interrogating the reasons why we participate in them and why we do certain things every year, whether or not it's something that we made up or it's something that Jacob Grimm made up. And of course, there's nothing wrong with made-up traditions. I think some of the best ones we've heard about on this podcast, in fact, we're going to be discussing one today from one of our lanterns out there, but I do take issue with people calling things ancient pagan traditions or anything rooted in pagan history or Celtic history that isn't, and that was uh, made up because we can't just say things were historic when they're not. We can say this is a tradition that has brought down through folklore in the 19th century. We could say this is tradition that was uh, made up by Catholic monks in the 6th century. But I pagans really had a history. Uh, sometimes it's difficult to track, but in this case, it has been tracked and. Uh, there aren't any pagan spring uh, rituals that align with the things that we do for Easter as we know it today. What the heck? Am I still talking about Easter? All right, we're officially done with that. Today and every day of the calendar is about Halloween. And on Small Frights episodes, I like to share a curated selection of calls from our All Hallows hotline and letters from our e mailbag. We've got some feisty ones today. I'm really excited to dig into it. But first, I just want to give you some updates about what we are doing this month on the Patreon. And I want to welcome our newest Patreon member, Mel Rowley. Welcome, Mel. Thanks so much for becoming one of the Ghoul Gang members. It's Always Halloween is fully funded by the Patreon Ghoul Gang. And all of you out there who subscribe every month are ensuring that this podcast gets to stay ad-free, independent, and sustainable. So big round of applause for all of you guys. We've got some really fun things coming up this month. We are doing a folk horror theme again this spring because there's so much more to dive into. And the genre is getting a renewed sense of popularity thanks to Kirla Janice's new documentary, four-hour documentary, Woodlands Dark and Days Bewitched, A History of Folk Horror, that came out last year. I love Kirla Janice's work. One of my all-time favorite books is House of Psychotic Women. You should check it out if you're a fan of one of my favorite subgenres, women being driven to the brink of madness by a cruel society. 
perhaps we will theme a month around that one day, maybe next year's Women's History Month. Uh, But for now, we are focusing on folk horror, and we've got two really great movies that we're watching to dive deeper and understand the genre. This Sunday, April 10th at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, we're watching Vi, the very first Soviet horror movie from 1966. So... This was almost certainly an inspiration to the occult hit Evil Dead, and it's just outlandish in the best way. It feels like they are going for everything they can possibly do, really pushing the envelope of what cinema was doing in the 60s, while not being too scary for anyone out there who prefers to keep it spooky rather than terrifyingly bone-chilling. Vi is an adaptation of a Nikola Gogol novella of the same name, first published in 1835, and it's about a young monastery student in Kiev who is wrapping up and leaving school at the end of term, and on his way home gets into some trouble, gets into a scuffle, someone winds up dead, and unfortunately for him, that someone was a witch, and now he has to spend three nights locked in a church with this witch's dead body. What will become of him? Join us this Sunday, April 10th, to find out. This will be the first subtitled screening that I'm hosting. We do put subtitles on the movies with English dialogue, but this will be the first film with no English dialogue. So I'm excited to see how that experience goes. You know, I kick off every screening with a discussion where I go through the background and the history of the film and how it relates to Halloween or things that we have learned on the podcast. And then we dive into the movie. We've got this great text chat that goes on throughout. People join it or they don't. (laughs) There's no pressure. And then we check in after the film to see how everybody liked it. So it's a really great community experience. I think a lot of us, myself included, have watched films that we maybe wouldn't have otherwise And have either gotten a lot out of it, or at least if we didn't learn anything from the film or we didn't like the film, we have such a great time talking and joking and teaching each other things in the chat. It's really such a great community experience. So we're doing our first uh, foreign language film this month, and we're doing our first silent film this month. That's right. We're watching 1922's Haxon, Witchcraft Through the Ages. Now, we talked about this movie on a Small Frights episode a few back, very recently. This movie is celebrating its 100th anniversary this year. It's the first folk horror film. It's thought to be one of the earliest feature horror films, if not the first one. You know, we've lost a lot of silent film and early film in general. So the fact that this film is available and it's on Criterion is really special because there's some great imagery and some really just bizarre stuff in this film that you can see influencing other horror films, more modern horror films, and some stuff that's so surreal and absurd, you will be seeing it for the first time. So don't let the fact that it's silent deter you. If you've never seen a silent film before, oh my gosh, this is the perfect reason. Halloween is the perfect reason to watch a silent film. And of course, the fact that you trust me and my extremely perfect highbrow taste. So movie parties this month are this Sunday, April 10th, and two weeks, Sunday, April 24th. 
We also are reading a fantastic book with our book club this month. It's called Empire of Wild by Sherry Dimeline. And this is one of the best books I've read in some time. I actually got through it in 24 hours. I had to put some other work on hold because it was so fantastic I couldn't put it down. And that doesn't happen to me very often with fiction these days. So pick up a copy from your local bookstore and join us for our book club meeting Tuesday, April 26 at 6 p.m. to discuss it. We always meet on the last Tuesday of the month and Grim Turn Nathan and I got together the next three months picks. So even if you can't join the book club this month, think about the future. So April is Empire of Wild. In May, we're discussing Mexican Gothic. Thank you for the recommendation, Ghoul Gang member Samantha McBride. And then in June, we're reading The Dead and the Dark. Lots of really great recommendations from people. Keep them coming. I love to hear what you're reading tucked under your bed covers with a shaking flashlight in the middle of the night afraid to close your eyes, afraid to stop reading. Because what will happen once you're alone in the dark? Speaking of which, we have two new Patreon ghost stories dropping soon and Kitchen Witch. Nathan and I had so much fun doing our Kitchen Witch live last month that we're going to do it again this month. So our cozy, woodsy, cottagey, Baba Yaga-inspired meal is up on the Patreon now, and anybody can join us. We're going to go live from the It's Always Halloween podcast Instagram this Tuesday, April 12th at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And if you have the recipe, come cook with us, and if not, just come to laugh and watch me in my unnatural habitat. You can enjoy some of these spooky extras with me and the It's Always Halloween Ghoul Gang by visiting patreon.com slash it's always Halloween, or you can just click the easy link in our show notes. You can support the podcast and get Halloween delivered to your inbox all year round, starting at a dollar a month. And don't forget, if you sign up for a yearly membership, you get two months for free. So for as low as $10 a year, you can contribute to the podcast getting produced, and you can be a part of an increasingly delightful community of Ghoul Gang members who are extremely involved and actually want to talk about Halloween every day together on the Discord. So if you need a creepy friend, the good kind of creepy, then we've got you covered. Check it out at patreon.com slash it's always Halloween. So that wraps up new business. As far as old business goes, the most Halloween-y thing I've done this week is I finally threw out the pumpkin that Isaac bought me in October. And I did so under duress, much duress, because A, I didn't want the pumpkin to leave. It was quite jovial and brought lots of seasonal joy to our entryway. And the other reason is because the bottom basically fell out of it. And uh, it was gross. I should also add that when I say I had to do this, I did not. Isaac had to do it because I don't like when food goes bad. It is a, it is a squeamish fear of mine. Mold and squishiness and smells. I, I'm repulsed to the bone. And sweet Isaac does all of that gross work. 
while I stand back and squeal, oh no, oh my, oh! And I also wrangle the kitties. I'm a very good kitty wrangler, I swear. It's helpful. You know, rotting pumpkins are such great decor when you live in a house and you have a porch and you could watch them just disintegrate and get grosser and creepier as time lingers on. But it doesn't work so well when you are renting an apartment and that pumpkin is on carpeting. <laughs> it's not the same. It's suddenly scary in a, a bad way. And you don't have cool Halloween decor. You have trash. <laughs> you have rotting trash in your foyer. Oh, man. Well, lucky for me, I no longer have a beautiful pumpkin in my foyer, but I do have this really great story from one of our Lucea lanterns who wrote in to tell us how they celebrate Halloween, and it does involve a very cool pumpkin, the most famous pumpkin, perhaps. So let's creep on over to that eek mailbag and read our first letter. The subject line simply reads eek mail. Hi, Lucy. I'm writing to share a Halloween tradition I started for my child when they were two years old. I didn't grow up with any Halloween traditions outside of going trick-or-treating, and when I became a mom, I knew I wanted to start a tradition for my child, but I didn't know what it was going to be. When they were two, someone took a soccer ball from our yard and left a jack-o'-lantern ball in its place. <laughs> God, that's cute. Needless to say, this was very well received by us. I still don't know who did it, but we decided the Great Pumpkin must have left it. This sparked an idea. That Halloween, and every Halloween since, my child wakes up to find their trick-or-treat bucket filled with Halloween gifts, which we say are from the Great Pumpkin. This can be done on a very low budget, or you can go as crazy with it as you want. Places like dollar stores, the bargain section of general merchandise superstores, and thrift store Halloween sections can yield treasures galore for this yearly gift. Certain items are in the bucket every year. A Halloween t-shirt and socks, a spooky book, a plush toy, and Halloween-related art supplies. Along with this, there's always a little candy and some cookies and anything Halloween-related that goes with whatever their current primary interests are. They're 12 now and have never stopped being excited about waking up on Halloween morning to see what the Great Pumpkin has left for them. And yeah, they absolutely know it's me giving the gifts, that I'm the Great Pumpkin, but it doesn't ruin the fun at all. I love knowing that this is something that they will always look back on as part of their Halloween experience. You don't have to have children to enjoy being the Great Pumpkin. You can give a Great Pumpkin gift to a partner or friends or to your fur, feather, and scaled family. <laughs> the important part is to celebrate the spirit of Halloween and to create wonderful memories. Thanks, KK Rose, AK, Lighthouse Ghost on the It's Always Halloween Discord. I just adore this eek mail so much. It's so sweet, and I can't get over that someone played a lovely little Halloween trick on you by turning your soccer ball into a artful jack-o'-lantern. What a... <laughs> 
What a creative person. I wonder if that was just some young, bored rapscallion or somebody that knew you and knew that you would appreciate it. What a fun, lifelong mystery. And I love that you used that as a jumping off point for creating a unique and fun tradition for your family. This is like what I was talking about in the beginning of the episode. It's wonderful to create our own traditions. I'm sure that this will be a memory that your child will cherish for the rest of their lives and might even pass down if they decide to have a family. And I just love the classic trick-or-treat bucket becoming the symbol of magic and generosity of spirit and of community. It's just really nice. Incredibly heartwarming stuff here. So thank you, wonderful Lighthouse Ghost, for supporting us on Patreon, filling up our trick-or-treat bucket every month. And thank you for continuing to put out such a joyful spirit and love for Halloween in your child's life and now sharing it with us, spreading it throughout our community. Such a treat to read a letter like this. Thank you. And now let's skitter on over to the phone lines as we wish a very happy belated birthday ween to this next caller, Dusty. Hi, Lise. It's Dusty. Um, I just wanted to call in and say um, that I've been really enjoying the latest episode. Um, it's been a while since I've called in, so um, a little update on life. We've moved into a house. It's so exciting uh, because my husband and I have lived together in an apartment for like, or a condo, an apartment for like 18 years. So having a house now is like huge, and I cannot wait for Halloween. <laughs> um, Ezra and I, my kiddo, who we've been planning on, what we want to do having a house now. We can have trick-or-treaters. Uh, it's amazing. So, um, but I wanted to say thank you again for your awesome episodes. I was so excited to hear your Raven episode because it just took me back to my childhood because I remember the Raven and the Tata Heart episodes from The Simpsons because I was a child. And uh, when I was nine, I think it was when The Simpsons started. And then, like, I was also in the fourth grade and that's when I was introduced to the Telltale Heart and the Raven. And I just remember that just opened something in me. It was like, I was already kind of a dark kid, but that really opened up a love for all things Gothic and horror. And, um, and so, yes, I've been a big fan for a long time. (laughs) And I wanted to tell you a story about a Raven named Edgar Allan Crow. So, when I lived in Montgomery, Alabama, I used to do some work painting and uh, getting Zubu ready for the Montgomery Zoo. And when I went in to do my interview for one of the for the mural that I painted there, um, I brought in my portfolio. It was a huge, it's a huge black case, right? And they have a raven in the area where I was interviewing, and um, he just started calling like I mean just he was so loud and he did not like the color black so we had to cover him up <laughs> but he was just the sweetest anytime you would go in um he made little like mocking noises um he really wanted to be very friendly but he did not like the color black so it's my raven story um I feel like there's one more thing I'm missing that I wanted to tell you that I was so excited about oh it's my birthday on Friday. It's my Hallow... Wait, what is it? The Hallow... 
birthday ween. It's my birthday ween <laughs> on Friday, this Friday, the 18th. Um, and so the 17th has always been a very special holiday for me. And what we're going to do is every year we watch Darby O'Gill and the Little People. It's like horror light. <laughs> it's fun. Um, if you haven't seen it, there are some very scary moments. Um, Leprechauns enchant the horse and knocks Gar- Darby down in the well and they trap him. Um, the horse face lights up and it's very frightening. And then, um, and then there's the banshee, which I always loved. And then there's the death her the death carriage. I it has a name and I'm really sorry. I can't remember it, but, um, but it's, it was just so dark and just and, but like fun at the same time. So I always enjoyed it as a kid. I've been watching this movie every St. Patrick's Day since I was a child <laughs> for the most part anyway. Um, and, uh, and we'll be watching again this St. Patrick's Day. And then um, I'll be celebrating my birthday wedding on Friday. So I hope everyone's having a great time in Halloween land. And um, thank you so much for your podcast. Uh, I look forward to hearing your witches episodes. Bye. Well, Dusty, thank you so much for the call. I hope you had a terrific birthday ween weekend kicking it off with Darby O'Gill and the little people this is not the first time I've had that movie recommended to me however it is the first time that someone has described it as dark I had no idea I thought it was kind of just a piece of odd kitsch from the 50s I had no idea that there were sinister banshees and death carriages and horses with lit up eyes It sounds much more exciting now when you describe it that way. Finally, I want to congratulate you on your new house. What a thrill. I myself have not owned a home or even rented a home in my adult life. So I can only imagine the chills running up and down your spine as you look upon your many rooms and your yard and perhaps even a porch or a stoop and think, ah, the Halloween decorations that could live here. It's so fun to be in a new space, you know, whether it's a house or it's an apartment, all the blank walls filled with such promise. And it just tickles my heart that the first thing or one of the first things you and your sweet darling Ezra were thinking about was how you could make your new space supercharged for Halloween. Perhaps you need your own pet raven to cackle and caw from the trees overlooking your new abode. Yes, I'm very envious of the time that you got to spend with that sweet raven when you worked at the zoo. However, I have to wonder if the raven was a little bummed to be named after a crow, although it's quite the clever title, of course. Ravens are thought to remember people and places. Do you think that they remember grudges? Vengeance? Betrayal? (laughs) Only time will tell. Now we've heard a couple very heartwarming stories today. What about a little bit of shriek with your sweet? That's right, we have another eek mail here, and this one has a little ghost story inside of it. The subject line reads, Spooky story and recipes galore. Hi, Luce. So first, let me start with how much I absolutely love everything you've done to create this fantastic community. I swear, your spooky soul speaks directly to mine. 
I tend to be more of a solitary spooky person, but I never realized how fun being in a community like this would be. Aw, that warms my heart so much. I'm so happy to hear that. I am generally not very vocal and choose to quietly observe from the sidelines. Yes, I'm the one at the party who hangs out with people's pets, but I find myself listening to the podcast and literally talking to my radio as if you could hear me. I can. So although I'm not completely diving out of my comfort zone and calling the hotline, I thought sending an eek mail would be a great place to start. I recently watched the Kitchen Witch Instagram video that you posted. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to actually watch it live, but you and Grimturn Nathan made jack-o'-lantern stuffed peppers. That was such a fun video to watch, and afterwards I had to go find the playlist on YouTube that you guys were listening to because it was just fantastic. Yes, that was all Grimturn Nathan. Uh, I will find it and put it in the show notes for you guys, but it's like vintage Halloween music or vintage autumn music. If you just search those words on YouTube, you can find some really cool playlists. Okay, back to the eek mail. Stuffed jack-o'-lanterns is a staple recipe in my house. We eat it all year round because they're so versatile and you can do so many things with the stuffing. Halloween recipes are my thing. I have four children and almost every year I would do 31 days of Halloween for them. Every single day in October, I would make some sort of Halloween-themed food, drink, snack, or dessert. My kids absolutely loved it, and before I knew it, I had neighbor kids or friends from school popping in to see what kinds of fun food we were having that day. <laughs> Amazing. You were like the Pied Piper of Halloween. Three of my kids are grown and have moved out, leaving just one at home now, and thankfully he shares my love for all things spooky, creepy, scary, and of course, Halloween. After all the years I've been doing this, I have amassed a huge collection of recipes and I'm always happy to share. I even have vegan versions for most of them as well. Now we make some of the recipes all year round as we can't just wait for October. Thankfully, my husband puts up with mine and my son's love of Halloween all year. He should be thanking you for creating such an incredible mood, cooking themed foods all year round, my goodness. Yes, please send me some of your favorite recipes. You know, we do have that recipe zine that we're putting together with Joe Carlo from Displaced Snail. So anything that you would like to include and share with all of your fellow lanterns out there in Halloween land, please send a couple of your favorite recipes, a little story about them, and it would be a thrill to include them in this year's upcoming zine. Okay, getting back to the eek mail again. There's so much good stuff in here. I didn't want to wait until the very end. Uh, okay, back to the eek mail. Now for my spooky contribution. Well, kind of spooky with a happy ending. I live in a small town in northeastern Nevada. I reference the size because it's pretty impossible to find something new that you've never seen before in our little town. When I was a teenager, my best friend and I were walking through an area of town known as the Tree Streets because there are more trees on these streets than anywhere else in town. And, of course, all the streets are named after trees. <laughs> it also happens to be one of the older parts of town. 
It was late at night and we were heading back to her house after going to the movies and we took an alleyway that we had walked down hundreds of times before. Nothing remotely scary or criminal ever really happened in our town back then, so walking down alleyways late at night was not an abnormal occurrence for teenagers. Down this particular alley, there was one large backyard that was unfenced and overgrown with weeds. The older couple that owned the house kept a picnic table in the backyard and they would never yell at us kids if we stopped to rest there or grabbed a piece of fruit off their trees. So that night we planned on taking our normal rest at the picnic table, eating an apple and being on our way, but as we were sitting at the picnic table, in the far off corner of the yard, partially covered by the low hanging branches of a tree, we saw a swing set that we had never noticed before. Being that it was so far away from the house, we didn't think it would bother the homeowners if we went and played on it for a little while, so we did. We were swinging and talking and just enjoying the summer night. What we thought had been half an hour, maybe an hour at the most, had turned out to be four hours of swinging and talking. Suddenly it was 2.45 in the morning. We jumped off the swings and took off knowing we were going to be in so much trouble when we got home. But just as we got to the boundary of where the yard met the alleyway, we heard the sound of a small child giggle. We both stopped instantly and turned around, but no one was there. We stood there looking around and then another giggle came out from nowhere, but it sounded like it was coming from the direction of the swing set. And in the light of the moon, for the briefest moment, I saw what I thought was a very young boy, but as fast as he was there, he was gone again. I asked my friend if she saw anything and she said she did not, although she seemed awfully shaken up. We made it home that night and of course, both of us got grounded. And although our parents thought our ghost story was bogus, I could not stop thinking about it. My mind kept telling me I didn't see a little boy, but inside I just knew I did. So after my grounding was finished, I went back to the yard and there was the swing set in all of its rusted glory. It looked like it had been there for decades. Well, at least I knew that the swing set was real, even if the little boy wasn't. I somehow mustered up all of my courage and I knocked on the door. I had to know if there had ever been a little boy that lived there. The older lady answered the door and before I could tell her why I was there, she asked me if I had fun playing with her son on the swing set. Oh, my heart stopped. How did she know? She walked with me to the picnic table and told me about her young son. He loved playing on the swing set. It was his favorite thing. Sadly, when he was six years old, he became incurably ill and eventually passed away. The woman couldn't bear to get rid of the swing set. The next year on his birthday, she went out to the swing set in the evening and started crying and couldn't stop. But before she knew it, the sun was coming up. She had no idea that she had been out there all night long. She got up to go into the house and she swore she heard the sound of her son giggling. The same sound he would make when she would push him on the swing when he was alive. For many years after that, she would come out to the swing set on the night of his birthday, sit down and sing and talk, and the time just seemed to stand still before she knew it dawn would approach. 
As she had gotten on in years, it was more difficult for her to make the walk across the large yard to the swing set, especially at night, and then sit out all night long. But every year on his birthday, she would see the swings moving as if someone was on them, and she'd hear her son's voice giggling out in the yard. Well, guess what night it was when we decided to play on the swing set? Yep, it was his birthday. His mother was so thankful that he got to spend his birthday with people laughing, talking, and playing on his swing set. And I was thankful too. I know most stories of ghosts are creepy or scary, but this was none of those things. It was happy and peaceful and definitely a little sad. I made many more stops at his house as the years passed, checking in on his parents and always stopping by the swing set on his birthday. I moved away when I was 18 and came back about 12 years later. I stopped by the house one afternoon and found that his parents had both passed and the swing set and picnic table had been removed, plus someone had put a fence up behind the backyard. I hope wherever the swing set went, the little boy and his mother are able to play on it together, laughing and giggling. Thank you again for all your hard work, Luce, and I appreciate your dedication to this ever-growing community. Have a wonderful week. Kind regards, Heather Custer. Well, thank you so much, Heather. I know you said that that's not a creepy story, but I maintain that children's laughter is very creepy. I was not there to experience this story, so I can appreciate how actually getting to talk to this woman and and be a part of their lives made it feel a lot more comforting. But right now, all I can picture is a swing set moving on its own in the middle of the night and losing time and children's laughter swirling around you. Ha! So it's freaking me out a little bit. But seriously, thank you so much for writing it in. I have never heard a story like that before, but I really relate to walking around town and having certain neighbors that you know you can cut through their yard or you can use their stuff and just having this very casual, loungy relationship with your town as a teenager. My best friend growing up, Aaron Smith, and I used to always hang out in our cemetery that was across the street from my house. And a lot of people, a lot of our neighbors' backyards were against the cemetery. So sometimes we'd be like walking through the cemetery and we'd see kids playing in their backyards and we'd run over there and we would hang out on the cemetery side and they would hang out in their backyards and we'd just like shout things back and forth to each other. And just a very like odd, right, to recall it back, but it just was the simplicity and comfort of childhood, these small little rituals, these little moments that you have with your friends where the town feels like it's yours. It's really special. It's really singular. And again, thank you for telling me about all these amazing recipes. I really admire that you put together a whole month-long menu for all your kids. You must be the world's best Halloween mom. They must have such great memories from growing up. Please share some of those recipes with us. I know that we'd love to hear about them on a small frights, and I would absolutely love to share them in our Kitchen Witch recipe zine coming out this summer. So this is a reminder to everyone that we are still collecting recipes. We're also collecting pictures of you in your Halloween costume. Uh, as a kid, we want to share those memories with fellow lanterns in a tangible way so that we can all have something to sort of connect over. And, you know, nobody has to use full names. And I'm happy to cut out other people if they're in the pictures with you. 
Uh, but I think this will be a really fun first thing for us to sort of collaborate on together as a community. So send in those trick-or-treat photos and your Halloween recipes to it's always Halloween podcast at gmail.com. And of course, if you just have any type of a creepy or lovely little Halloween story or tradition you want to share with us, send those eek mails to that same address or call the All Hallows hotline at 802-532-DEAD. We are crawling out of our skin to hear from you. This episode of It's Always Halloween and every episode of It's Always Halloween is sponsored by the Patreon Ghoul Gang. If you want to help us produce episodes every single week and connect every day over Halloween love, then join us at patreon.com slash it's always Halloween. You can also click the link in our show notes. There you'll find a link to our Instagram at it's always Halloween podcast and our Redbubble store where you can buy logo merch and more. And don't forget to fill out a form to join our local Lantern Society. It's free to all who want to connect in person and go on some fun Halloween adventuring together this year. Nathan and I are hoping to get those society matchups together for you by the beginning of Summerween. This episode of It's Always Halloween was written and performed by me, your always haunted host, Luce Tomlin Brenner, with help from your fellow lanterns, KK Rose, Dusty, and Heather. Thank you so much for those contributions. We could not have made this episode without you. The theme music, editing, and sound design are by the wonderful Pete Burns. Thanks, Pete. You can follow me at LTB Comedy on Twitter and Instagram, and you can follow Pete on both of those platforms at Mittenberries. If you love It's Always Halloween, please rate us on Apple Podcasts. It makes a huge difference, and it really bumps us up in the algorithm if you write us a little review. I want to read the newest one that's up because it's oh so sweet. I'm going to get a little shout out to David for writing this. The subject line is, I love this podcast. This podcast came into my life during a rough patch and Luce and the community of podcast listeners and the celebration of all things Halloween was exactly the light that I needed in the darkness. Thank you for this podcast. It's so fun, educational and enjoyable too. If you love Halloween or are just a casual fan, or you just love learning about cultural traditions and pop culture, this podcast is for you. It's for everyone. (laughs) Just lovely, David. Thank you so much. Reviews like that do help other like-minded ghouls find us so that we can expand Halloween land and stretch lanterns as far as the eyes can see. And I just love to remind you that we are also on the NPR One app where you can tell Ira Glass that you love us. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of It's Always Halloween. And please come back next time, unless you meet a little ghost in a darkened alleyway. Bye.